Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Welcome everyone to Conversations with Z and Vindesh. Today's topic is the pandemic of ignorance. And we're talking about the health crisis that we're all facing, the coronavirus, which has led to a complete shutdown of our society. It's led to tremendous economic cost. And arguably, the response to the virus has been more costly than the virus itself. So we've had a health crisis. We've had people who've gotten sick, people who've been hospitalized, people who've died. But because of our reaction, we've also shut down big parts of the economy. This has affected small businesses. And it's affected the state of people's health. People oftentimes are living in a state of fear. There's anxiety about their own bodies, their health, their livelihood, their economic prospects. And in this state of fear, we actually weaken our immune systems and make the problem even worse. So today, we're going to talk about how we can get beyond our own ignorance, how we can do a better job navigating the pandemic. And we're joined by Katie Kovalvik. Katie is a longtime student of Z. She's the founder of The Harmony Method, a blueprint for work-life harmony, a certified executive coach, and the founder of Southwestern Empowerment, a company that provides personal and professional development services to transform and inspire today's leaders. She has been featured on several online and television media outlets and has spoken at events and conferences internationally. So Katie, I feel like me and Z are a couple of jokers talking to you. That's a very impressive background. And I know that you and Z and I have been speaking a bit about this pandemic. You've talked to your own audience and your own students quite a bit about this. Maybe you could kick us off and talk to us about your perspective on COVID, what's happening, and the types of problems that people are encountering, not just because of the pandemic, but because of the reaction and the stress, which is getting out of control. Well, thank you. And... You know, I think we got to start with looking at how people are navigating when things are uncertain and really how they focus their mind on the uncontrollables versus focusing on the controllables. And so what I've been working on with my audience and students and anyone that I can help and support through this is really starting with looking at what we can do versus what we can't do. And so spending time, you know, hours a day watching the news, being distracted, being all over the place, that's not really helping the state of where, what you could be doing in this time and actually making a decision of how you want to spend this time. And so it's really, you know, slowing down and looking at what are the things that we can actually look at to that were are going to be solutions to preventing COVID from spreading and really making it so that you have more control over your results in your life on a health wise um, looking at that how your stress levels how you're sleeping uh, how you are performing at work really how do we slow down and look at these these resilient skill sets to to be moving forward and so that's a lot of what I've been looking at as a at the holistic approach to what's happening to COVID. So I'm going to hand it and over to Z too and, and hear his ideas around that. 
Um, we're, we're all speaking from different vantage points of, of what we've observed. And our topic or our header today is the pandemic of ignorance. And I'm real big on that because inevitably I want to help people mitigate their suffering. How do we live a well life? And you have so many variables um, before you can even get to basically taking care of yourself. And one of those variables is the way that we frame our reality. So as Katie was saying, when you sit there and you're watching an endless stream of news, I was coming in today and turned on the news and then they, they, they had a death count. And it's just going on of the dead, the dead. And then they had, uh, they've mixed that in with the number of cases, the number of new cases. And they're doing that, and I remember during the Vietnam War, when every day they would have a kill count, right? How many dead Vietnamese versus how many dead Americans? And people would listen intently at this, um, at this carnage. And um, you, you were cheering when there would be more Vietnamese dead, and then you would feel really bad when there were American dead. And when it hit 50,000, they wanted to stop the war. It was too many. And again, it's all based on this, this anxiety model. It's not based on a solution model. Where we want to go today is a solution model to your own angst, your own issues. Again, not denying that this is uh, an illness that needs to be addressed. But as we deconstruct the pandemic, the pathology of the pandemic, how did we get here is what we really want to cover today. So for those individuals listening, giving you some tools, resources, and skill sets to navigate through this. Viruses, flus of all kinds that are communal contagions have been with us since the first three people lived together, right? We get a cold, a flu from someone, we transmit microbes of all kinds. We have been made in such a way that we develop antibodies, immunity, so on to various things that we encounter um, regionally, uh, continentally, there's issues that you go through. If you live in, if you haven't lived in Mexico, you go there and you'll get Montezuma's Revenge. For people in Mexico, it doesn't affect them. Um, so we understand the pathology of, of, of microbes, bacteria, viruses, and so forth. Why is this so different? Well, there's a few variables. We now live in a modern world where 70% of the population of the United States are metabolically unhealthy. Let's break that down. Metabolically unhealthy. That means when I look at baseline health markers, either you're on medication, on a, you're chronically medicated, you're suffering from either mental health disorders, maybe you're suffering from some version of hypertension, you're too close to diabetes for there to be a cushion, uh, we can name so many variables. Um, your general health and well-being is uh, compromised because of your lifestyle. We're not active enough. We're not walking enough. We maybe have too many things on our plate. So that's going to affect the endocrine system. It's going to affect your, uh, your, your, your neurology. It's going to affect your mental health, your emotional well-being, and thus you are now metabolically compromised. Then there are gross markers of obesity, and all the things that come with obesity, all the things that come with um, extended periods of uh, obesity. Uh, you've had various types of surgery. 
you're taking medications for those surgeries, and now nature visits upon you. The natural seasons of nature, the cold and flu season comes. Well, 30 years ago, we had swine flu, the various types of flus, and people got sick, and it was problematic, but it did not shut the economy down. It did not devastate uh, society. Why? People were not as sick. We were not as sick. So I want everybody to consider that when you watch the news and you're shaking and trembling, you're giving people dirty looks, you're, you're beating somebody that, that, with a bat that, that isn't wearing the mask or something, ask yourself, what is my condition? What condition am I in? What is the social circle? I mean, what is the general condition? What is the general condition of, of, of my family? Am I doing everything I can to be as well as I can? And if your answer to that is no, then you should have concerns about whatever flu arises. But why don't we? And that's what we want to talk about today. Why is something so simple so hard? They're saying they're on a hunt for a vaccine. We really need to find a vaccine. Maybe we really need not to be so sick. Maybe that is another solution. We have normalized unhealthiness. And now we're looking for a vaccine to mask our unhealthiness that will eventually create a stronger version of the COVID that is going on now. That is the nature of things on planet Earth. That is the physics on planet Earth and the universe we live in. At one point, 30 years ago, um, 60,000 international units of penicillin could cure, cure basically everything that ailed you. Now you have to take certain antibiotics that are small strain, bacterial specific, that cost thousands of dollars to deal with basic health issues. Why? Because every time we were not using the meds, every time we were not compliant, that disease got hung around a little longer. It got a little stronger. Every time you didn't rest after an illness, um, it got a little stronger. And so now that's what we're dealing with. That is the basic math of what we're dealing with. So it's very important for us to do some self-reflection and say, what can I do? Not what the government can do, not what the CDC can do, not what the pharmacist can do, but what can you do to reinforce yourself? Yeah, and I, I agree with Z and, and what he's saying. And I think it's, you know, about looking at what are the controllables and taking responsibility and ownership of our lives. And so that's the basic, one of the most basic things that I work with with people is to first take responsibility for where you are and to start looking at on a mindset level, where are we creating belief systems, if they're limiting belief systems, if we have fears, interpretations and assumptions, if we are being the victim or we're blaming, how can we start deconstructing where, how, how we're looking at our life and the illusion maybe that we've created and how can we deconstruct and get down to a base note to start getting clarity and to get clear on our values and our beliefs and our thoughts because our thoughts take up a lot of energy and takes, especially if we're fragmented or we're all over the place and we're not able to make clear decisions. So the first step is we have to deconstruct these things so that we can get to a baseline and get clarity and start reconstructing 
a strategy and a plan and a solution to really be moving forward in a way that's in alignment and is congruent to our well-being and keeping it simple too. And so that we're, you know, able to live a, a happy and healthy life and have lots of energy, have sustainable results. And so that's another area we have to look at too is a lot of lifestyle theories and a lot of things that we see in media, it's these quick fixes and that's not sustainable. What are these things that we can do, habits on a day-to-day -day basis and our mindset that create sustainable results through all the seasons and cycles of our lives, no matter what comes at us and how we can start responding versus reacting. So those are just a few things, and I'm going to hand it back to Z. I know I introduced a lot of topics there that we can. No, I listen. I listen. <laughs> I listen to Katie, and she's like a, you know, she's just like a daughter to me, and we've been through a lot of stuff and have traveled together, and she's very dear to me. And I hear her talking, and it's almost like hearing myself. And we use uh, certain ways that we speak, and uh, and, and and I I present things different ways. Instead of saying pathology, I'll say the black box theory, right? The black box of the crashed aircraft. You take that thing apart, and you can deconstruct an accident, and then learn from there and make your situation safe. She talked about energy, and whenever I hear energy, I always want to share with people a basic thing in 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 science and physics and engineering. It's Bohr's law of thermodynamics. Everything costs something, and as we become more enlightened, we want to have a more enlightened commerce of energetic exchange. There are no quick fixes. They have another cost. It's like McDonald's is a quick meal. It's inexpensive. It takes very little financial energy to get it, but it treats a tremendous, needs a, a tremendous amount of metabolic energy to process what you took in. It takes a tremendous amount of energy to mitigate the physical problems it will cause you from eating that food. So nothing is free in that sense. But we do want to approach things and say, what is the most enlightened way I can do this exchange? Budget my energy to get the most out of it and give a reasonable amount to it. So when it comes to ignorance, cost a lot. Because when you're ignorant, you're more susceptible to fear. And as Katie said, instead of responding, you react. And the difference in that is with response, though it takes no more time to react or respond, but a response has a feedback loop. What will be the nature of my response? I can, when you react, you're not giving yourself a choice. When you respond, you're looking at other options. I use the analogy again, race car driver and a regular person. A race car driver comes at a turn at 100 miles an hour. They've calculated the angle of approach. They know when to tap the brakes and they, they, they've calculated the amount of skid and shear on the tire and they're gone. So the average person gets in the car, they see it, they just slam on the brakes and run into the wall. So there's one is reacting, one is responding. So we all want to be responders instead of reactors. So when we see this pandemic going around and there's a lot of issues, you're wearing a mask and so forth, and whatever your issues are with the mask, I think about my time in Asia. People wore masks in Asia as long as I can remember because of the nature of society had an element of politeness in it. That courtesy and politeness was considered something uh, honorable. So if you were sick, it was actually a badge of honor that you would protect other people from your malady. So they wore masks. Here, 
it's become politicized. It defines your politics. The science behind it doesn't even exist. So we need to consider those behaviors and how they ratchet up your emotions. When your emotions are ratcheted up, your immune system is ratcheted down. So how do you take these things out of the fray? Take the politics out of well-being. Take the um, tribalism out of decision-making and say, what is the best thing for me to do as I move through this uncertain time? Because it's uncertain for all of us. But if you're navigating uncertain places, like a good traveler, don't take a lot of bags, observe the lay of the land, the local customs and courtesies, and stay in your lane. That's the easiest thing to do when you travel. When you do that, you're a happy traveler. When you try to bring your own issues with you and you're heavily laden with your baggage, it is very difficult to travel. You follow me, Vin? Yes, I'm listening to you and to Katie. Uh, there are a few points that I think are interesting, which I want to explore a little bit. Katie, you used a couple of words. You talked about sustainability, and you also talked about simplicity. And if I look at the response that a lot of people have taken to the pandemic, it's the exact opposite of that. It's complicated, and it's totally unsustainable. So we look at the problem, and we say, oh, my God, there's a virus. Z, as you're saying, the media loves to frighten people. Every day, there's some chart about the number of people who've died, the number of new infections. There are anecdotes about perfectly healthy people who are dropping dead. So our mindset is this primal mindset. It's driven by fear. And when it's driven by fear, we get into this state, which is, number one, I have to do everything I can to protect myself. I am going to eliminate interaction with every other human being. I'm going to make sure that I stay inside. I'm not going to get sunlight. I'm not going to get exercise. I'm going to cut myself off from my family. And by the way, I'm going to do that until there's a vaccine. I don't know if that vaccine is 12 months from now, 18 months from now, but that's what I'm going to do. And by the way, the vaccine, it might be an untested vaccine because it's a new technology. I don't know what the side effects are going to be, but I'm going to take that vaccine and that's my solution. So when I look at that, it's almost so difficult to deal with. And I see some of this, I think, as I've mentioned in our previous podcasts, sometimes with family, it's creating issues. I was supposed to be in California this weekend for a wedding, and I was disinvited to the wedding. And I was disinvited because there was concern about me being on a plane and bringing in this virus. And it was actually really funny. It's my first cousin who's getting married and he was extremely apologetic. He's very close to me. He looks up to me. And he just felt so bad for having to disinvite me. And Z, he felt even worse because he said he just listened to one of our podcasts on our feral nature. And he just listened to you talk about how we get all crazy about viruses. And we look at other people and we say, you're dirty. You're diseased. I'm going to stay away from you. So he finishes listening to this podcast, and then he's got to call me and basically tell me that I'm dirty and diseased and he can't see me. And it was just a funny moment that we had. Uh, but part of it might be him. Part of it might be the family. Part of it might be the extended family. And I get it. For me, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's his wedding, his day. I can stay away. But I just think about the amount of stress that he was under making that phone call. He was pulled in multiple directions, so he's got allegiance to me. He wants me to be there. At the same time, his I don't know if it's his fiance, his in-laws. It might even be my own side of the family, which is saying, no, you can't take that risk. So he feels conflicted. It was difficult for him to just work up the courage to get on the phone call. 
I heard him talking. I immediately knew something was wrong. So the complexity, the stress, the mental gymnastics that we're going through to try and resolve these conflicts, to try and make sure that we are maintaining adequate social distance and doing what we can to protect ourselves and living the next 18 months of our life in the state of suspended animation, clearly it's not something that health, that's healthy. It's not something that's simple. And it's not something that's sustainable. So if we then step back and we say, well, what actually is simple? And Katie, I love the way that you put this. Let's look at our health. Let's look at whether we are disease free, whether our immune systems are strong, whether we have the capacity to survive this microbiological storm. And if we're not, let's get ourselves in shape. So that's the solution. And then the whole narrative changes and the whole outlook on what to do about this problem changes. It shifts from a solution of isolation and waiting for an eventual vaccine to one of taking accountability for ourselves, investing in our own health, and making sure that we can weather the storm. But hardly anyone is talking about that. The point you mentioned up front, Z, about how 70% of the population is in metabolic distress, no one is talking about that. All anyone is talking about is the eventual vaccine. And then the rest of it, as you said, is politicized. On the one hand, you got people who want to stay inside and want to kill anyone who's not wearing a mask. On the other hand, you got people who are comfortable hanging out with thousands of others on a beach and think that this is ridiculous and want to beat people with masks because they're Democrats uh, and they might infringe on your civil liberties. So you've, got, you've stepped away from actionable solutions to a world where, number one, we're living in fear. Number two, we can't even think clearly about the issue because of the politics involved. How do we get out of this morass, Z? Uh, going back to the topic, the pandemic of ignorance, we need the ability to step away and think clearly and support a narrative that makes sense. And in this case, I think it's a narrative about personal health. How do we get our mind around that and start shifting in that direction? I'm going to let Katie answer that okay. I'll comment on it. Yeah, so I think there's uh, six steps that we can look at. And so the first step is kind of going back to what Z said in the beginning is understanding how stress works in the body. So there's three types of stress. We have positive stress, we have tolerable stress, and we have toxic stress. So there is positive stress. We, we do want to lift weights and we want to be motivated to achieve a goal and be able to get up in the morning and be able to move through our day. And so there's positive stress. And then we have tolerable stress. And this is where something's acute. There's something that's, that's stressful, an event that's happening. Kids. Kids, we have work, we have maybe a health situation. But this is a short-term situation and you have an environment, a supportive environment that's gonna be helping you to move through this. And then we have toxic stress. And this is really chronic stress. Things are out of control. We were talking about metabolic syndrome. We we're talking about, you know, environment at home. It might be stressful. People are fearful. They're angry. We're expressing a lot that's going on. There's so much uncertainty with, with, with our work environment and our economy. So many things going on. And this is really this toxic stress. And what is that doing to our nervous system? So we have to look at the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. So our parasympathetic nervous system is really this rest and digest. And when we're stressed out, we are, we are actually stimulating all our, our endocrine system, our nervous system, all the 11 systems of the body 
to overload and it's not creating the sustainable um, results that we are looking for. So the first thing here that we have to look at is what is the easiest thing to start slowing down and that is to focus on your breathing. Most people have very short breathing cycles and this stimulates your sympathetic nervous system. And so we want to slow down our breath and to be able to actually elongate our exhale. And this is directly going to allow us to come into the present moment and our breath is connected to our thoughts. So it's going to slow down our thoughts because when we're in high fear and high stress, we have lots of thoughts going on and we're all over the place. We're fragmented. It's hard to make decisions. We're, we're not in high performance. We're not being able to focus and be calm and, and to have that sustainable energy throughout the day. So the first thing that we can work on is our breath and to make that breath elongated and to make that so that is a habit and so it becomes unconscious. The second thing we have to really look at is nutrition and how we can use nutrition to increase our immune system so that we can actually fight off diseases because we're actually exposed to diseases and bacteria and viruses and microbes all day long. I mean, just going to Whole Foods in LA, I feel like I'm exposed to more than seeing my family members at their house or going to the office. And so what are these things in nutrition that we can do? I mean, the first thing to really look at here is we have to increase our water intake. Our bodies are around 70% or more water and our bodies just want plain water and it's room temperature or slightly warm so that our bodies can metabolize it. And when we're dehydrated, it creates a lot of stress. And so that automatically will calm us down. So what I recommend is to start with two glasses of warm water in the morning. So when you wake up, you're the most dehydrated because you've been sleeping. So you want to start the day right. And you want to make sure that you have that consistent, calm energy all day. Well, you've got to start with two glasses of warm water or just plain water, room temperature water before you go to that tea or coffee because what that caffeine is going to do is spike up your cortisol and your insulin levels and um, a lot of times it's a diuretic as well, caffeine. So we have to get on top of that and be drinking water throughout the day, mostly in between meals. The next thing is we have to be looking at, we got to eat whole foods, mostly vegetables. Our bodies want whole foods. What are whole foods? Uh, vegetables primarily, legumes, beans, um, foods that come from the earth because we are the earth. We are the minerals and vitamins and we want to have the most basic ingredients that go into our bodies that make our cells that, so that our bodies can be at high performance levels so that it can build the immune system so that it can prevent getting the disease state and it can stabilize our blood sugar and it can, it's really the health of our blood is how we get a disease. So we want to make sure that environment internally, that we're doing everything we can to stabilize our blood sugar and to eat whole foods, mostly vegetables. Do you want to add anything here? Because I know well, I you're, got you're, you're, you're uh, preaching to the choir. And what Katie is saying in short, and we could get into, that would be a whole specific course just on that. <laughs> yeah. The underlying theme is self-care. Mindful self-care, which people don't do. We were talking about the, the breath, as I spelled out in our Qigong book, is that the only time the mind is still is at the top and the bottom of the, the breath cycle, the dwelling place, because it reverts us back to a primal mechanism 
that when the, uh, the body is in oxygen deprivation, the most important thing is what? To get another breath. To exhale, to inhale, and to be still. To reject urgency because it shortens the breath, it puts you into a hypoxic condition, which accelerates the fight or flight mechanism. And so you're walking around gasping for air, suffocating yourself, waiting for the next news feed. It's not even real anymore. And so you found yourself deprived of oxygen, physically dehydrated, consuming stimulants, and then you wonder why you have what they say in Chinese medicine, no way chi, which is your immune system is now compromised. That's what they mean. Does that describe most people we know? 70% of Americans, if not more, are metabolically compromised. So, as she said, there's the good stress of exercise, self-care, and the general exchange you have with your loved ones, the commerce of dealing with that. It gets unhealthy when the negative or the stress that takes more from you than gives back to you is overwhelming, which describes most people. The very fear that someone has have of rejecting you from a familiar gathering has ratcheted down that person's immune system. Then if you look around without even seeing, without even judging, just simply running the algebra, now you're surrounded by other, other unhealthy, fearful people that are gasping for breath, emitting all sorts of carbon dioxide into a closed room, and though maybe the microbe of the virus does not exist, but everything else there is. And even interacting with other human beings, you exchange microbes. They found that microbes can carry the mechanisms of fear, anxiety, depression. So if you get a room full of depressed people, you will share microbes with depressed people and you become depressed. So again, healthy boundaries, working on yourself in a way. Katie gave you some real basic stuff about hydrating, about allowing the body to flush and cleanse, and even the picking of healthy food. Just the picking of it represents self-care and mindfulness that will ratchet up your Wei Qi, your immune system, that barrier you have from all these exogenous pathogens and not and exogenous pathogens aren't just the virus. Evil, ignorance, the news is toxic. It's easy to get addicted to because you want to see the next horrible thing after the next horrible thing and it's unbelievable what that does to your gut health, right? You have a limbic brain, you have a gut brain that is, is, is sensing all this anxiety so you're not digesting food. A scared animal does not digest food. An animal on the run. So we want to find that ability to be still. So as we're moving through these times, there no, there's nothing you can do about the virus. It just exists. So focus on what you can do things about. Have you done everything you can to shore up your immune system and your well-being? As you move through the frontier of life, as I always say to people, are you able-bodied? Are you able-bodied? It's not unlike when I travel the world. I've always been perplexed by people who get on a plane and are too ill to travel. What's wrong with staying at home? How did you get on the plane? You need a wheelchair assistance. You need other medical intervention to take a plane trip. Don't go anywhere. How about us that are really well? Do we really want to use our power of well-being and our Wei Qi, our armor, to deal with a bunch of unhealthy people, mentally unhealthy people. So there's nothing wrong with missing events or not going to this gathering or that gathering. 
if you're compromising not just your gross physical well-being, but it takes your mental health, such a toll on your mental health, just to ward that off. That will also affect the limbic body, the gut brain, the lymphatic system. So there are many things that we could do, but the most important thing we need to do is first identify the issues and the environment of pathogens, both gross and subtle pathogens, that we're going to encounter. You go out on a rainy day, you got your raincoat and your umbrella, right? You're getting ready to go on a trip, you check to make sure you got your mosquito repellent. You have all sorts of things, right? You're going out uh, on a date, you call your friends and let you know you're going out with a weirdo you met on Tinder. Okay, there's little things we do as we move through life that help offset the inevitable impact of these challenging microbes, okay? So, uh, Katie, can you follow up on that? Because we're saying yeah. the same thing, but she's saying it in her pretty little girl way. <laughs> yes, see, I can, I can follow up on that. So we were talking about stress, and then we spoke, spoke to breathing, and then we're looking at nutrition and looked at water and vegetables and looking at all these things, and then, and then Z also coming in and looking at all these different elements of what we have control over. And so what are what is adding to the chaos in our bodies and our minds? And so the next thing is to look at that we have to take out toxins and take out certain things like refined sugar and things like alcohol and, and things, most things have a lot of sugar in them. And that is gonna create an acid inflammatory state in our bodies. So we have to look at what are the things, what are these toxins that are that we are adding into our systems mentally and physically that are creating an environment that would even allow a pathogen to grow or to to be able to live in and so what are the things that we need to take out and to clear up things in our houses like giving mean, this is the time to look at our environment so the next thing i want to go over is resilience so resilience has been studied for over 30 years and two main areas that it comes down to when you're building resilience is that you have a sense of purpose. So we're talking about making decisions, having clarity, having goals, um, being certain with that purpose and then having a supportive environment. So it's, it's having a supportive environment, how important that is. And that's not only the environment that you live in, it's the environment that you, you choose to surround yourself with, with your family and friends. It's the environment of your your body and your your mind and so making sure that we don't have a lot of clutter in our house and things like that because if there's clutter mind clutter body and and so i'm let z oh no it's katie yeah good god girl i, 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 <laughs> I, know, I learned a lot from you god yeah, I raised the so she's talking about the feng shui in your life yeah. right so the, the the term feng shui means watermelon <laughs> and feng shui represents how things flow together so I go home and my house is a mess. Like it looks like a grenade went in with my kids. So I immediately walk in and I'll feel anxiety. So we call the helper and we, 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 we try to get it together and unclutter your environment. Think about energetically how energy, if you can walk through a house and you don't have to step on anything, step over anything, you don't bump, you're, 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 you're in bed at night, you got to run to the restroom, you don't knock your teeth out running into the door, trip over a shoe. Uh, bust your head on a cabinet, right? You don't want to do that. You want a nice flow from one point to another. That is the ideal feng shui within a house. With your eyes closed, you can move through your home and there are no hazards. 
right? That's a real simple thing. You don't need a feng shui act or anything. In your life, to unclutter your life, to not to have to go back and fix things, to not have this excessive amount of things lingering, things you need to do, want to do, have to get to and have to go back to. This is ideal. So what Katie is speaking about is the feng shui of life. Why feng shui is so healthy? Because it allows both gross and subtle energy to flow unencumbered through an environment. In engineering, when we build a circuit or a device, you want to be able to follow a schematic clearly from point A to point B, and that device is less likely to break down and will be more durable than something that is over-encumbered, over-colored, extremely complex. Okay? So this is a, a, such a good lesson. Thank you so much, Kate. That's such a good lesson, and I taught her this 50 years ago, 30 years ago. So, I, and she reminded me of that, and that's a big part of the disease. Look, disease grows and festers mm -hmm. in dampness. Yep, right? I call it the tropical vacation. That's right. It's damp and heat. Stagnant. Stagnation. So in, in traditional Chinese medicine, you want your blood and your the energy and the flow to be like a flowing river. You don't want it to be a pond that is not flowing and it's murky and moldy and all gross and it can't move. And so this flow that Z is saying is that you want that, that harmony and that flow to be happening so that you can flow through life. And that things are placed. Oh. And so I think the next step here that I want to go over is looking at routines. Our morning and evening routines and looking at fitness and movement and creating this and doing prep. I call it preparation for success. So what we can do to plan out our lives, make decisions, not be ignorant and, and to not know what's going on, but actually having organization, planning, and execution. So I'm going to let you... Oh, you're on it, girl. Damn. I love talking oh, about this. Oh, she's just great. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I'm just, I'm just listening to myself talk. This is so cool. So what she's saying, again, to me, I keep getting it down to the, the, the self-care doctrine, mm -hmm. right? That bhakti, that devotion you have to yourself. And the clarity that, and remember, most people don't. So they have created a diseased biome for themselves, mentally Physically, emotionally, is your space cluttered? Are you eating junk food? Are you not taking time to care for yourself? Are you waiting around for other people to decide how your life turns out? Are you looking to others for approval? And then what I could say too, Katie, is add to that, is you could do your, your, your basic, your yantra, your checklist. Do a checklist and, 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 and ask yourself those basic questions. Am I engaged in healthy or holistic self-care for myself? Do you have a small shopping list? Or are you clear on the things you need to nurture yourself? The food, your water, but also the community that you're in. Are you checking in with people that nurture you? Or are you just bleeding out? So there's empathy and there's entropy. There's the empath and the empath. The, the, the entropy is the one that sucks energy out of you and gives you nothing back. Do a checklist. Don't make it personal. Just say, how much energy do I spend with people who give nothing back to me? That's taking away from your ability to fight off the diseases that naturally visit upon earthlings. Okay? So having that checklist, the foods you eat, the behavior you engage Go home and clean the clutter out of your environment. If that's not enough, 
clean the clutter out of your information stream. Just, just don't, there's only so much we can do in a day. We have, I always tell people, your Kayla Yantra, your time management Yantra. You have 24 hours in a day. You need eight hours of sleep. You should work about eight hours or less. And the rest of that is your time, however you are defining the story of you. So what is the story of you? I spoke to a person who had just recovered from a major cancer operation around the Thanksgiving holidays. And she was celebrating. I had offered her some support. She was celebrating, celebrating. She said, well, come on over. And I go over, and normally I don't go around people uh, for various reasons. I just, I just love being with just a few friends. And, uh, Katie and I were like reclusive. Like the, all the people I know that I'm close to, we, we, we rarely go around other people. So I go to the home, and she said, well, I'm cooking vegetarian food for you. So I felt like those characters in that movie Animal House, you know, where they had the fraternity and all the weirdos had to sit off to the side. Because everybody there, she just came out of the hospital cancer surgery, and they're eating all the cancerous foods. And she's thanking me for my support through her cancer. So do you see the, the wheel of hell? It's like a horrible circus ride, the wheel of hell that people put themselves into. Because she was with family members, she felt bound to certain traditions, so you have to clean that out. We're not going to live forever, but we can control the quality of life. We can control everything in our life, less the intervention of fate. So during this pandemic, this pandemic of ignorance, the cure, the vaccination for the pandemic of ignorance is to vaccinate yourself with knowledge. Act upon that knowledge, exact upon it, execute it, and live your life based on being enlightened and not being ignorant. And I think, you know, Z, that starts with making a decision. And it reminds me of where I was at uh, when I met Z over 12 years ago. I was a corporate sales executive in the medical device field, and I was also a competitive triathlete. And then I was in two consecutive accidents where I had to rebuild my whole entire body. And I'll never forget, my, one of my turning moments was I was in another doctor's office for another doctor's appointment because I was seeing I, you know, a lot of different issues. And I remember looking around and seeing people of all ages and with their caregiver or friend, and they're were, they were going through their calendars, and their whole life was revolved around their doctor's appointments. And that's how they were bonding and connecting with everyone. And I remember having this observation, and I remember taking responsibility and, and making a decision. I made a decision and made a promise to myself that day that that wasn't going to be my life. And I was not going back. I was going forward because I had, you know, 30 more pounds of weight on me. I had gut health issues. I had brain fog. I had fibromyalgia and chronic pain and sciatica. I mean, I had so many issues and I had to make a decision and take ownership that I wasn't going to go back and I needed to educate myself on what were those things that I needed to move forward and to have sustainable results and to get my life back and to be better than I was even before my injuries. And to make this a learning lesson of just learning through the process of healing uh, the greater, my greater purpose and to get clarity and to be motivated and to be executing and having a strategy. And so that's where this comes in with these even just basic routines and getting clear on what are these habits that we have to form and starting small. We don't have to change everything overnight. That's not sustainable. We want to work and take small steps. So like a morning routine, if you don't do that much movement right now, just start with 
10 minutes, five to 10 minutes of walking around the block. Just do some subtle walking just to get the metabolism and the heart rate going and things like that. Just doing that in the morning and maybe some gentle stretching, just, just spending 10 minutes and then building from there. But keeping it simple because we don't want to, even with our self-care routines, we don't want to overcomplicate those as well. What are these simple things that we can do with our food and our, our lifestyle and, and our environment and to make things so that it's easy? Like how can we bring back ease to our life versus complication? And my, one of my favorite things when I work with clients, if they tell me they're too busy, I want to look at their time management and, and look at, you know, where, where's their mind at? Where are their decisions? What are they, how are they spending their time? How are they valuing their time? And maybe we need to look at their values of what's important to them and to get really clear on the deeper things. What's the deeper paradigms that are happening to shift those and get those in alignment and then start executing and making decisions from there. So you see how sharp she is then? Just sharp. I'm listening to this and I'm just worked up. I, I feel so proud of her. And what I hope people really heard her say is she went through some things and they didn't define her. There were lists of maladies. And I know so many people who are defined by their maladies like a veteran telling stories of great battles. People will sit around and share their medication, their medical records, and they will build a whole reality around a malady or maladies. And then they define themselves and their community around those ailments, uh, those ailments and, and illnesses and so forth. And so what Katie did, she rejected that. She saw the light, so to say, and says, this isn't where I want to be. And we've all been through different things like that, but it takes a certain temperament of person. It takes a certain, uh, uh, just an infancy of enlightenment to really say, you know what, maybe there's another way for me. So yeah, the, our, our society has shut down. Commerce has shut down. It will take years to recover. Small businesses like mine have been devastated because of the various rules and so forth that, that are are designed to, I don't know if they're to promote the fear or to quell the fear, I'm not sure, um, but I know that directly it has been devastating for entrepreneurs who have uh, hard locations and it would take years to recover, but what won't take years to recover, it really takes minutes and days to recover from, is the ignorance. Listen to what Katie said. She was not defined by what she went through and that gave her a resource and a launching pad to remake herself. I've also been through a number of things in my life. For those who know me, even close to me, I've had catastrophic spinal cord injuries, all those things that have not defined my life. There's small chapters in the book of my life, how I got through it and went on to do other things. Everybody listening to us. Basic, basic things. She talked about feng shui. She talked about breathing talked about eating healthy, these things you've heard before. Now, ask yourself, what is the bar to me implementing this method into my life? The bar is your scheme in your brain, how you've been socialized, or so to say, the religion you've chosen to follow. If that religion isn't serving you, if your God isn't working for you, then you're free. You're a free creature. You're a sentient being that has free will and a frontal lobe Find a religion that supports you being healthy and well. Find something that works for you. Get out there and build your immune system. A brisk walk. Go out there. Honor the, the customs and courtesy of the society. And yeah, wear your mask. Do all these sorts of things. 
But also while you're doing that, keep the eye of wisdom on your own behavior. Don't get drawn into the fear-based behavior, the ignorance-based behavior. Don't sit there all day listening to these different news feeds. Because remember, the, the, the reason we started Dharma Media is to offer a disruptive way of sharing information that was for a specific demographic of people that want to know how to take care of themselves. The other media platforms are designed to create follower hoods. So they're selling you a brand, a theme, or whatever, and that's okay, but that's not what we're doing. So when you watch the news, they're selling fear. Because when a human being is in fear, they tend to consume more. They become like squirrels uh, uh, prepping for the winter. Okay, So they're going to buy all kinds of stuff because they're fearful. And in that moment of purchase, they feel less fear. So that's why the economy was built on that. So now that everybody's not running to the mall and doing all this kind of things, people are, are, are going crazy. Because they were conditioned to run to these different sales and to buy more and then to clutter up your home. And now there's no free, fresh air in your home. And you're stepping over shoe boxes or unopened things. Just, it's, it, it was, it was, the disease was coming. So when we talk about the pathology of a pandemic, you can go backwards from before the first thousand cases or before it came to certain, and you could see that it was a petri dish for disease. As Katie said, we talk about in traditional medicine how things need to flow. You don't want to live in a pond or a cesspool. Raise your hand if you want to live in a cesspool or a pond. Nobody does. So if you don't want to do that, then don't do it. Walk away from it. If you see everybody going that way, wish them well. You love them to death, but you are not going to dwell in a cesspool. You want to be in a place where there's free-flowing energy, free-flowing air, free-flowing water, free-flowing ideas. You don't want to stay and dwell in a state of depression. Being a human being and interacting with other people, you're going to encounter hardship. Just the nature of sentiment. You're going to have ups and downs, you're going to have a broken heart, there's going to be a funeral or two, there's going to be all those things that you go through as a human being, but you want to flow through all of them. Embrace them completely, but keep moving. That is the key. Death is the absence of energy. Life is the presence of energy. Manage your energy so that you have that, what I refer to as life evity. The levity of living is, is, is the most important part of being here. Not just living long, but the quality of that life. So, enlighten yourself. Ask questions. Not only in the present, but also look again at the pathology. How did we get here? And then from that black box dissecting of how we got to this, this uh, carnage, this car wreck, we can now figure out a way to get out of it and not to do it again. So you know you're going to make sure you're not one of the 70% of people metabolically unhealthy. You're going to do it the best you can. You're going to make sure you're not one of the people suffering from chronic diseases that are self-inflicted that you've chosen to have. And you're not going to look outside of yourself for the approval or judgment of others so that you can then define yourself. And if you choose whatever path you choose, then you are in the driver's seat of your own destiny. And you can make choices as they come up. And when some hardship befalls you or if your health wonders, you say, you know, I, I chose to do that. I chose to go all night drinking. Now I have a hell of a hangover. But you know what the difference is? Is you took responsibility. There's nothing worse than hearing a person who doesn't take responsibility for their life condition. There is not, there's not a worse conversation you can have. What dullards, when you hear somebody going on and on and on about things that happened to them in life that were not their fault. Oh my God, I just, all of a sudden this health problem came. Oh, oh my God, all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm falling apart. No, you're not. That was the journey 
you put yourself on. Now, put yourself on a positive journey. We can do it, and there are means and ways, as Katie said. Simple things. We'll go back over that real quick. I, talk, I think about when Katie's speaking, I think about the environment is so important. We tend to be biologically predisposed to be empath. We feel things. We feel our environment. But we also have this unbelievable prefrontal cortex that can justify any damn thing. If your home is filthy, clean it up. What do I mean by filthy? I'm not saying a pigsty. We tend to be consumers, so we have too much stuff. I got a couple of small kids at the house. Just the fact that I can survive from day to day without stepping on a Lego or something or slipping on some sort of sharp object or remote control stuck in my ear or eye, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm reliving my time in combat just walking through the minefield of my kids. But in return, that stress gives me a lot of love and sentiment, so I'm aware of it. I navigate the commerce of that. And when it comes to eating healthy, we're doing sustainable gardening. Just being out in the dirt and watching the plants grow and things like that. Those are healthy exchanges of microbes, healthy exchange of your energy with nature, a nice time to calm your mind. It, 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 and we all know, nobody's that busy right now. It's the damn pandemic. Jobs are shut down. All the, so this is a good time. Make the best of this moment to reassess your own life and then come to us and, and build a health and wellness program that shores you up and gives you that armor against the natural occurrences on planet Earth. Remember what I always say to people. I don't want to make this long. I'm going to give it over to Katie and Ben. I always tell people they'll complain and complain about the weather or whatever, and it's really interesting because if you understand the science of life on Earth, we are sitting on a 26,000-mile ball, spinning at 1,033 mile per hour, displacing its mass within itself, we are breathing in gaseous water at the perfect level so we can breathe it in. If we live too high, we can't breathe. If you go too low, you got to be a fish. And we're right in the middle of all of that, and we're making it. And the number one complaint of people all over the earth is what? The damn weather. Can you imagine that? We're turning right now at the speed of sound. People complain about the weather. God bless us that we can even stay on this planet. So there are natural hazards just being here. But we are made hardy. And if we go back to that basic nature of self, as Katie was speaking, we can weather this storm too as we have weathered all manner of things in the history of humanity. Right, Katie? Yes. And so let's just summarize and review a few of the things that we went over so that if you're taking notes, that this is a good time maybe to, to be able to finish up and, and to summarize. So... We're really looking at what are the solutions here? What, how, what can we do to be taking ownership and responsibility for our outcomes and our results, especially when it comes to our health and well-being and really getting, you know, living a certain way our whole entire life through our seasons and cycles. So it's really looking at stress levels and how to manage stress. And we went over the three types of stress how to just do simple breathing and just doing simple exercises where we're just counting our breath or elongating our breath. And especially when we have anger or fear and that, that allows us to become in the present moment, we can make more decisions from a calm, focused place. And then we got to look at things like drinking more water and our food and our diet and limiting things like excess amount of refined sugars and salts and different things like artificial colors and flavors and laboratory food. That's what I call it. 
where your body doesn't even know what to do with it. You eat it, it's like a brick. It just doesn't know. Whereas when you have something from Mother Nature, it's like a symphony in your body. It knows exactly what to do with it. And we want to be able to chew our, fo our food fully so that our body can metabolize it and assimilate and absorb it. We looked at things like looking at uh, fitness and routines and looking at our resilience skill levels of having a purpose in life. Getting clear on what is your purpose, what's most important to you, getting clear on what that is, and then having a supportive environment around us, making conscious decisions to set up and prepare our life so we can be in flow constantly. So prepping on a Sunday for the whole entire week or the night before, understanding where's your time going? Are you on the news or social media or excess shopping online? What, what's going on if your inner narrative is that you don't have enough time or you're stressed or you're too busy? How can we slow that down and actually have some time to do some reflecting, resetting, and then integration? So that time just even to have reflection. And then also looking at our routines. What are the simple routines that we can start placing in to our day-to-day -day lives to create healthy habits that create sustainable results and that is what's going to boost our immune system it's going to make us so that as z was saying taking this time to to increase our knowledge and what we can't we can do and really focus on what we can do versus what we can't do and understanding that the most successful people on the planet in health and in life they know what they want they've made a decision they've educated themselves and that's what they talk about that's how they bond that's how, what they're attracting into their life. The people that are not as successful don't know what they want, and that's what they talk about all day. They complain. They're, they're not taking action or taking responsibility or ownership for their life, and it's easier to bond over their problems and their stories that didn't go the way that they wanted to versus being motivated and taking action and putting their life into their own hands. And that's what we can do in this pandemic is how we can be at service and to help the planet and everyone around us to to give back is to help ourselves because when we help ourselves we're helping everyone around us and it starts with you and it starts with me and it starts with all of us so i'm let z take well that's on. it vin what are your thoughts on it? let me let van chime in katie and i've been just uh, feeding off each other like uh, the bobsy twins or something yeah that's cool it's all a good discussion and just to circle back to our topic the pandemic of ignorance in the context of COVID, the ignorance is the belief that this is something that just happens randomly, that we have no control, no agency, that our only solution is to shut ourselves off from society and wait for a vaccine that may or may not come. If it does come, maybe it's got side effects that we're not aware of. The intelligence is to realize that there's a different narrative. And that different narrative is everything we've been talking about. We can take charge of our own health, we can invest in self-care, get rid of the toxins in our life, create a harmonious environment, and that fortifies us. It grounds us. It gives us the strength to sustain whatever the challenges are that we face day to day. And some of those might be disease-related. Some of those might be something else. I think what's interesting from my standpoint is we haven't talked about anything that's groundbreaking. So it's certainly interesting solutions, and I think having that checklist is very useful. Uh, but things like stillness, hydration, eating whole foods, there are plenty of people who've talked about this. 
In fact, I would bet if you surveyed a lot of people and asked them whether these are healthy habits or not, they would tell you, yes, they are healthy habits. So the intelligence isn't just in the awareness of the solution, but it's in changing your own narratives, taking out the roadblocks that are impediments towards this type of lifestyle, and taking action. I think that's ultimately where the intelligence comes from. It's in the action and not just the knowledge and the ability to say, I'm not going to take the same road as everyone else. I am going to stand up and accept that I'm responsible for my own health, my own well-being, and that's going to set me on a very different path than the conventional wisdom, which is these are things that just strike us out of the blue. We have no control over, and we have to wait and hope and pray that the pharmaceutical companies are going to sort out this mess. Katie, we'll finish with just a word of advice for, for everybody that is enjoying our podcast. Yeah, so one of my favorite quotes of all time is, if you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? And that, that's one of my favorite quotes, and it's really something to slow down and, and see you know, how we can take care of ourselves so that everyone around us starts being taken care of and taking that responsibility and ownership. And, and so that I want to leave with that. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.